Hello and welcome to Not So Secular. My name is Mon Reyes, I am a Catholic lay missionary here in the Philippines and I will be your host here today. And in this episode, I am going to take your questions. So I posted on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook asking for some questions that you might want to ask me, that you might want me to answer. And for today, that is exactly what I'm going to do. So this episode is less outlined, less planned than usual. I'd like to get to take a look at your questions and just answer them. And so that's what we're going to do. And... Um, if you would like to get better connected with us, we have a Facebook group called Not So Secular Discussions and Questions. The link to that will be in the description. And without further ado, let's get started. Why don't we jump right in? The first question comes from Jonah. She asks, Hi, Kuyamon. How do you do your devotions daily? So uh, I try to approach my prayer time in two ways. So it depends. The first approach is when I am following a guide, something like a devotional. And the second approach is when I just open the scriptures and start reading. And so let's start with the first one. For the first one, there are some resources that I would recommend that are very helpful for, for you to, to do your prayer time. So there are the Feast Devotionals. So the Feast has a set of devotionals, daily devotionals that are very helpful because it contains readings and it contains reflections. There are three that I recommend. So there's Companion. There's Dedake and there's Sabbath. So let's start with Companion. Companion contains the daily readings, the liturgical readings, the ones that are used for Mass. So you have the first reading, you have the responsorial psalm, you have the gospel reading, and you have a second reading if it's on a Sunday. So it, it contains the liturgical reading. So this means that this is aligned with the liturgical calendar, the calendar of the church. So if it's in the Lenten season, the readings are related to Lent. If we're in the Advent season, the readings are related to Advent. If we're celebrating a particular solemnity or something like that, something that we're celebrating or commemorating in the church, it is reflected in the readings as well. So this is very helpful because the, the different readings, the first reading, second reading, if there's any psalm and the gospel, it helps illuminate one another. So we're reading from different parts of the Bible, but these different readings, the way that the church has designed it, it helps illuminate one another. It follows a certain theme or um, the, the first reading offers some sort of context for the gospel. And so it, it, it's helpful because it helps you it helps you see how the different little stories that we know are interconnected with one another because the Bible, after all, even though it contains a lot of little stories, it it has a bigger narrative that it's trying to that it's trying to tell us and so i think that's one of the one of the things that are helpful and it's like i said it's it's reflective of the liturgical calendar as well which helps you integrate some of these things that you read and learn about into your life as we have the different um, feasts and the different celebrations commemorations that we have in church so that's companion 
The second one is Didache. Didache contains a reflection from someone in the feast also, like a servant, a leader, or sometimes even a member. And they basically take one part from the readings that are given for that day. And then they share a reflection on it. Sometimes they share a story. Sometimes they share about something that they've learned. Sometimes they share about some perspective that um, they've they've acquired recently and stuff like that. So it's helpful because it's like it's like processing the readings along with someone else. So you get to hear another perspective as if you're talking to someone. In this case, you're reading their writings, and so it that's that's good too. The third one, which is my favorite, is Sabbath. Sabbath is kind of like Didache, but it's written by a priest. And so what the priest does is the priest draws a reflection or a teaching from the readings that are given for that day. So it's like reading a written homily from that priest, in a sense. I, I kind of see it in, in that way. And so it's very helpful Um and if you're looking for more teaching, there's more teaching in Sabbath and more reflection on Didache. That's why it works, you know, hand in hand with each other, along with Companion, which contains the reading in itself. I have a link in the description for feast books that you could use if you want to buy any of these devotionals that you feel might be helpful for you. And, or if you want to give them for Christmas, since, well, Christmas, matagal pa naman, pero <laughs> in advance lang, baka lang nag-iisip ka na. Anyway, so that's the first approach, diba? I try to follow a guide. Oh, wait, there's one more thing. Um, another recommendation that I have is this podcast called The Bible in a Year with Father Mike Schmitz. So Father Mike Schmitz basically goes through the entire Catholic canon of the scriptures in one year. And it, it is organized in such a way that it's it's easier to follow so they, they, they use the Jeff Cavins' um, Bible timeline. And so Jeff, Jeff Cavins also appears in that podcast every now and then to give some context, to explain about what you're going to read for that section. And it's very helpful. I did it the first year that it came out. I think that was two years ago or last year. Um, so you do it every day for the entire year. And it's in little chunks, so it's not overwhelming. And you have a guide with you, a priest who is reading that with you and giving some of their some of his reflections also and inputs for the reading for the day. And so that's very helpful. So that's the first approach when I am following a guide. And those are my recommendations for you. My second approach is when I am not following a guide. And my recommendation for this one is to read bigger chunks. Read bigger chunks and try to read per book. So when I'm not using Companion, Didache, Sabbath, or following um, the Bible in a year, what I do is I, I pick a book from the Bible. Um, if it's short, you can read it in one go. Something like Jonah, which is just four chapters, or Colossians, or Philippians, or Philemon, which is just about two pages. <laughs> it depends on your Bible. Um, so you could pick these short books, these short letters, and you can just read it in one go. I think it's helpful that we read bigger chunks of scripture so that we get more context into it. We're not just jumping into the middle of the story and then cutting it off before it ends, which is our tendency when we try to read the scriptures. It's good to learn your way around so that when you do read smaller chunks, you know where it fits in the bigger narrative that is being told. Right? So I find that helpful. If you're reading something longer, like Romans or Genesis or Matthew, it helps to segment it. So you could commit 
say, for, for the next week and a half or so, uh, I'm going to read three chapters of Genesis every day. So first three chapters, and then four, five, six, and then seven, eight, nine, until you go through the entire thing. And it helps if your Bible has footnotes. So there are Bibles that have footnotes, like um, the New American Bible Revised Edition has footnotes, or if you have some, this, this is what's helpful with a Bible in a year with Father Mike Schmitz because they give some input, some context into what's happening. But, you know, these are the things that you could look up as well. There are lots of resources available online so that while you're reading, you are also guided in it. And I, I like this approach because it's, it just goes straight, you know, it's it's simple, it's straightforward. You read a passage, you reflect on it, and then you enter into prayer. Um, if you could do Lectio Divina, you could look that up as well. That's that's a way of going through these readings in a reflective and meditative manner. That's, that's very helpful also. There are guides for that. I'm going to put some links in the description so that you could, you could find these things. A helpful resource for that also is Bible Project. They're not Catholic, but um, the way that they teach the Bible, I think, is very helpful. Um, I, I mentioned that they're not Catholic because they don't include the Deuterocanon, so they don't they don't have the because um, so, they make these explainer videos and they make these outline videos for each book of the Bible. But since they're not Catholic, they don't include the Deuterocanon, which is the seven extra books that the Catholic Bible has compared to Protestant Bibles. But their summary videos for each book of the Bible is very helpful because they, they try to understand it in a literary, um, in, in its literary genre as well as in its literary style and the way that it's been written, how, how one part flows to the other and they point out some of the things that you might not notice if you're just reading it straight. And it's a good guide to have when you're reading through the scripture. So again, those are my two approaches. You could either use a guide with you, something like a devotional or something like the podcast, um, or you could just go straight to scripture. Those are at least the ways that I try to do it. So aside from that, what are some helpful things that I might be able to recommend? First is you put it on your schedule. If you're going to do it every morning, do it every morning. If you're going to do it every night before you go to bed, do it every night before you go to bed. Put it on your schedule. It can't just come up. I mean, you don't treat your friends that way. You don't treat your girlfriend, boyfriend, your spouse that way. Na, oh, when are we going to spend time? Oh, if it comes up, it doesn't happen that way. You set a schedule. You set a date together. You ask them out. You spend time with each other intentionally. That's how a relationship works. And in the same way, this is something that you're going to have to commit to. In my experience, for me at least, because I'm a morning person, it helps if I do it first thing in the morning because I'm not yet stressed, I'm not yet thinking about all of the things that I need to accomplish or submit for that day, and I am not tired, and it also helps set the tone for my entire day. And so my recommendation, if you're a morning person also, is to do it in the morning. But if you wake up in the afternoon, then do it sometime else in the, in the, in the day, but do it um, as much as possible at a consistent time. So there's that. Okay, next question. The second question is from Yani. She says, How do you go back to your spiritual community if nagkasakita na during the election? So because of the recent elections, maybe some things were said um, 
like an exchange or some argument with a friend, with a family member, and like how do you how do you continue being friends? How do you go back to the community if there were some tension during the election? This is relative. I mean, it depends. Eh. It depends on anong klaseng pagkakasakitan yung naganap, right? Why were you hurt? Why was the other person hurt? It helps to try to understand what happened, who was at fault. If both of you were at fault, um, these are things that you could try to consider if how you could reconcile, if you would reconcile. And we, we have to remember that, you know, politics is one important aspect of our lives, but politics is not the entirety of our lives. And so... I think it's helpful for us to consider this as an opportunity to reassess our hearts, to reassess the state of our hearts, and to try to determine, okay, sige, why am I acting out if I am acting out? Is it because I am passionate, very passionate about something that I care about a lot? And that's not a bad thing. That can be a very good thing. But in any case, passion is like fire. It can be good. It can be the source of a lot of good. You can use it for heat. You can use it to cook. You can use it for light. You can use it for a lot of helpful things. It's a source of life. That's why you know, our ancestors, when they discovered how to make fire, that was a huge technological leap. You know, Fire is very important, but at the same time, it can also be very dangerous when it's not directed properly. And so if you direct your fire in the places or the people that you're not supposed to direct it toward, what happens is that you end up burning bridges. Is that, yeah, I'm mixing my metaphors here, but you end up burning people also. You end up burning yourself. And that's what happens. The same fire that can cook your food and heat heat your surroundings or give you some some light is the same fire that can burn the entire house down and you don't want that. And so we need to be careful with how we handle our passions. It's very helpful if we direct them properly, if we direct them in the right manner. But simply blowing out flames is not going to help. Now, I don't know if this is what you did. I don't know if this is what the other person did. But when it comes to, you know, when it comes to certain problems with among friends or among um, family members, these are things that you're going to have to, you're going to have to determine, right? Is it too soon to approach this? Um, are there some things that I need to apologize for? Are there some things that I need to be gentle about? Are there some things that maybe are better left unsaid? But at the same time, are there some things that we need closure on? So um, I- I'm giving a more general um, feedback or a more general answer to this because I don't know the specifics of your situation. But if you're dealing with friends, I guess one thing that I could say is you need to determine, are, are these people really your friend? Like, are you being a good friend to them? Or are they being a good friend to you? Or are these just people na Facebook friends mo lang naman? Like, you don't, you're not really friends in the real sense of it. And maybe, you know, this this heated moment when we were in the election season just brought out the things that were unsaid or maybe it just it just showed that you weren't really friends in the first place now how you respond to that will depend on what you want to happen next does that mean then that you need to re-establish better relationship with your friends or does that mean then that you don't have as much friends as you thought you did and that you should focus on those who are your friends so again yanni um it depends there are a lot of factors to consider but i hope this response at least was helpful 
And that is why when it comes to questions, I like the way Bible Project does it. They don't say question and answers. They say questions and response. Because I don't always have the answers, but I always have something to say. Anyway, let's go to the next question from Kuya J. Paul. Kuya J. Paul was once a guest in this podcast. He has a podcast too. You could check it out. Kuya J. Paul asks, can you relate a biblical story to the Philippines' political situation now? So there's this story in the Old Testament with Balaam when he was about to do something bad and then his donkey starts talking to him to, you know, slap some sense into him. I think right now what we need in the Philippines are talking donkeys so that we could be awakened with all of the nonsense that we're doing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, a biblical story that relates to the Philippines' political situation right now. Um, I have talked about these two stories that I'd like to point out for today. The first story is the story of Jesus who, when he was asked by the religious leaders whether they were supposed to pay taxes to Caesar or not. So there are many deeper implications to this about paying the taxes. It's not like the taxes that we have today. If you don't pay it, it's tax evasion or something like that. No, it, 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 there's more to it. And uh, there's more to it to just talk about here for, for this Q&R episode. And so I would like to refer to, I would like to refer you to the episode that I did on that so that you could listen to it in more detail. But the second story is a story that I've also talked about here which is the story about Barabbas, uh, Jesus being picked over, oh, Barabbas being picked over Jesus. And I am not using this story in the same way that everyone else is using it right now in the mainstream, okay? I'm not saying that, you know, see, Barabbas ang pinili ng mga tao in the same way the Filipinos are picking the robbers and stuff like, no, no, that's not what I'm trying to say. There is a deeper thing being told in that story because Barabbas was not just any random robber. I talked about this in the episode. I'm gonna link to that also. Barabbas was not any random robber. He was a revolutionary. He was a, he was a, he was a, if, if, if you were to put it in today's terms, which I'm always careful when I try to do, is he's, he's something like a violent, um, a violent activist, a violent revolutionary. He was against the government of the time. And basically, those were the same charges that were put on Jesus. Jesus was being, was being charged as, a, as someone who was trying to start up a revolt. And Barabbas is the one who was actually doing it. But Barabbas' revolt is different from Jesus' revolt. Jesus' way is different from Barabbas' way. Both are trying to are, are trying to set things right. Both are trying to follow the Lord. Both are trying to take down the oppressors. Both are trying to, to redeem, in a sense, okay? Redeem Israel, redeem God's chosen people. But they were doing it in completely different ways. And this is one of those instances where you can point out that the way of the world is really different from the way of the Lord. And even though Jesus is is trying to secure something that might be had have might have certain similarities with Barabbas, Barabbas' way was wrong. And that matters too. Even though we're fighting for the same things right now in society, we're fighting for certain rights or we're we're fighting for certain um certain privileges, even maybe. It's it's important for us to understand are we doing it with the way of the world or are we doing it with the way of the Lord? Because the way of the Lord is different. And let's not fool ourselves into thinking that just because we're fighting for the same things, or at least the perceived same things, same good things that others are fighting for, that we're fighting the same battle. Okay, let's, let's not allow this, this battle to corrupt our hearts because we're not fighting people. Our, our, our enemies are not people. 
Okay? And that's that's something that's very important to understand. I talk about this more when um in, in that episode, so you could check it out for yourself. And our last question for today from Chloe is how to cope when you have different love languages. So the love languages thing, um, Gary Chapman came up with it. And basically, he, he tries to point out that we have different ways of expressing and experiencing our love. So we could care for someone, but the way that we show our care for someone might look different from one person to another. So he identified five. So the first one is words of affirmation. When you say nice things, you give compliments, you try to give good words, kind words to someone, that is something, that is one way of expressing your love. Second thing is receiving gifts or giving gifts. So these are these are certain tokens or gifts that you give to a person. And the, the weight of this is not always related to the expense. Just because something is more expensive doesn't mean that there's more love there. Oftentimes, it, it takes into consideration the thoughtfulness or the fact that you, oh, you remembered about me when you saw that thing and so you got it for me. Yon, malaking bagay yon when you're talking about giving and receiving gifts, the thoughtfulness behind it, and the intention behind it. So there's words of affirmation, there's gifts, there's physical affection. So when you get physical with someone, hug, handshake, someone who likes giving high fives, so mga ganyang bagay. There is acts of service. So when you like giving favors, when you like doing something for someone that you care about, just because you care about them, you go the extra mile, hinahatid mo sila, you, you help them with some of the things that they're supposed to do, Effort, basically. That's that's acts of service. And then the last one is quality time. So when you spend time with each other, whether you're doing an activity together or you're talking with each other or um, or when you're just hanging out, basically, that's, that's quality time. So you have, again, that is words of affirmation, gifts, physical touch, acts of service, and quality time. So... How do you deal with it if your love language is different from your friend or different from your family or different from your significant other? What if yung first mo, yun yung last niya, and then yung, last, yung first niya, yun yung last mo? And how do you deal with that? Well, uh, it helps if you know. No, It helps if you know your own love language. It helps if you know if the other person's love language. Because through then, you can adjust. In between those different love languages, then love can fill that gap. Because if you really care about someone, if you really want what is best for someone, even though you're not comfortable or your his or her primary love language might not be yours, you will do your best to adapt. You will do your best to adjust. And you know the type of things that they might be able to appreciate. And at the same time, you can give them the benefit of the doubt. Because maybe you don't experience or you don't feel their concern for you as much, but maybe their love language is different from yours. And you, so you could take a look at what they're doing and assess and, oh, I know, that person does care about me. She just doesn't know how to say it because maybe her love language is not words of affirmation, but she does show it with her gifts or something like that, right? You could give the other person the benefit of the doubt. And in your case, you could, you could adjust, you could adapt. Um, a very helpful way of crossing this bridge also is through communication. Talk to him about it. Talk to her about it. Especially this works with significant others, with a spouse, with a boyfriend, girlfriend. Talk about it. This is my love language. This is how I feel loved. And I, I would very much appreciate it if you if you 
do this or do that more. Um, I don't want to oblige you. I don't want to force you. But I'm letting you know because I care about you. And because uh, I want us to be able to appreciate one another better. I want us to be able to appreciate, to love each other better. And so, ikaw, what is your love language? When do you feel loved? Ang hirap sa atin minsan, dami nating expectations pero di naman natin sinasabi. But we have to learn how to communicate these things properly, well, respectfully, in a loving manner. And so, when that other person tells you, you could also adjust, you could also adapt. And that is what's beautiful about it. Learning the love language of the other person and communicating your own so that you could understand each other better and you're not misinterpreting each other's actions. So, first thing is to know about it. Second thing is to communicate. The third thing is to adapt, adjust, or to give the benefit of the doubt. Right, and so those are our questions for today. Thank you very much for being here all the way through. This is something that I would like to continue forward, you know. Again, we have our Facebook group, but I also have my Instagram. That's one of the best ways to reach me if you have topics, suggestions, other questions that you might want to ask or get to talk about here on this show. Message me, join our Facebook group. Let's stay connected. Thank you very much again for listening all the way through and have a great week ahead. God bless everyone. Bye.